fellow redeemed. Right next to the one-star rating, the comments said, seems nice enough, but she never finished the job. Would you hire her? There's another rating. It says, finish the work quick. Too quick. Looked good, but nothing worked. How about that guy? Would you hire him? I bet I could poll the congregation right now, and many of you have had these sorts of experiences when you hire somebody for work and they, they don't do the job. They don't get it done. You hire them with the expectation that they'll come and work on your house or do some work on your car and, and do a good job and get it done. Do we trust that God will complete the good work he began in us? That's a very important question today, isn't it? Most of you know that the Lord has called me to a faraway parish and I'm soon to leave. And this is my last sermon to you as your pastor here. It would be easy to focus on, on leave-taking. It would be easy for you to let your thoughts go to how you feel about me or what you think about me or worries about the future and those sorts of things. Easy to think. Seems nice enough, but he isn't finished yet. Or maybe he didn't stay long enough. His work might have looked good in some ways, but now where are we? Nothing's going to work. Or maybe you have other thoughts. <laughs> Christians, it would be better for us today to stick to the right question. Do we trust that God will complete the good work he began in us. The Lord does not want you to think of me as a hired hand, nor does he want us to think of the work that goes on here as that of any human being. This is his work here. This is his congregation. You are his people, the sheep of his hand, for he is the shepherd of your souls. That he has brought me into your life for a time has been a privilege for me, a joyful duty to discharge to my Lord during my time here on this earth. And I hope that we have found common cause here and joy in our time together gathered around God's word and sacraments. I pray even more this morning that we are trusting that God will complete in us the good work that he began. And so this morning, as we think about that theme, consider, consider these three things. First of all, that we were finished before we began. And secondly, that we were paid for in full by God our Savior. And finally, that God will bring to completion everything in Christ because this has been his plan and his work all along. Do you realize that you were finished before you began? I came to you here, a dying man, 
And all of you one day will die. Imagine what would happen, how you would feel if your doctor came to you and said, you're finished. That's a pretty dire statement. But it's exactly what the holy law of God says to us every time it is called upon to diagnose our hearts. St. Paul preached this truth so very clearly. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. God sent me here with that message that Paul preached, and I hope that I have preached it faithfully to you, so that we all despair of ever straightening out our relationship with God ourselves. As Amelia recited to us this morning the commandments and their meanings, I hope that we all heard that we were finished before we began. Finished because before we were born, our ancestors were breaking the law of God. Finished before we began, as David said, because in sin did my mother conceive me. Finished because we were born sinners. We were born full to the brim with the same ungodly and selfish desires that filled Adam's heart and Eve who turned away from their perfect relationship with God, the perfect world, the perfect personal righteousness in the very image of God. They turned away from all of that to go their own way, the way that looks good in the eyes of men, but which leads to destruction. Please let our mouths be stopped today. We don't have it in us to fix things with our God, especially considering that we have sinned against him so many times, ruined our relationship with him over and over again in our lives. But let us also hear God's other message through Paul, the message of Christ. Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. From the first day that I came to Lake Havasu to your communion, I have experienced this partnership. Same word as communion, by the way, in the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes it. The simple message that before any of us were born some 2,000 years ago, God graciously satisfied the demands of his law and his perfect justice with the peerless sacrifice of his own son. You know the words. You know what God said in John 3.16. Say it with me. God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We were finished. Before we began, we crossed the finish line, not because of our own reason or strength, not because we found a way to finally be good, not because we found a way to look better in other people's eyes, because we're not as bad as that guy over there. It was finished because Jesus, our Savior, said so on the cross. He said, it is finished. Our sins are paid for because we were paid for in full by God, our Savior. Jesus took your place and my place under the punishment that we deserved, under the very wrath of God, the wrath that he must have over sin. And he gave up his perfect, truly human life, the life of obedience that he lived, so that you and I would be covered with his righteousness, as though it were a robe covering all those ugly sins of ours. And God counts that righteousness as ours in Christ. How can it be better said than for me to speak to you what Jesus said to the paralytic? Take heart. Your sins are forgiven. How much clearer can it be than when you hear the name into which you were baptized? Words that are repeated at the beginning of our service nearly every time to remember that we are part of God's family now. How much clearer can it be than to remember that baptism does now also save us? For it is the washing away of that degenerate old nature of Adam and the renewing, the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. He has made you new in Christ's image instead of Adam's. It's clear as a bell, and yet Jesus does not ever want you to doubt this. Or to wonder whether your sins are too great for some kind of just general forgiveness of all mankind. And so he himself instituted the Holy Supper. He made that meal of bread and word together his body and wine and word together his blood so that you receive from him all that was the payment for your sins. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and know that your sins are forgiven. All this for you, for us, so that we can say we were paid for in full by God our Savior. That's what makes this congregation what it is. God has brought us together. God has knit us together into the body of Christ. God has made us one in spirit and in hope. This is not our work, but his and that is why Paul can say with such certainty, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Just think about it. Despite all the things that the cruel world threw at Paul, and I mean literally sometimes, 
Paul was certain that God, who began the good work in that congregation in Philippi, God would bring that good work to completion in Christ. And for that reason, though we don't know what lies ahead for our congregation, or even for us personally, we know that the job will be done on time and done well. Be confident in this. God does not fail. He does not lie. If his promise of rising even from death is true, then how will he not also graciously give us all things? For in Christ, the answer to God's promises is yes and amen. The day is fast approaching, fellow redeemed, when our Lord will return. And not as the humble servant or the sacrifice, but as the king of kings, with all the hosts of heaven, all the angels, and he will return to remake the world, to cast the devil with all his lies into the pit forever. But he says that he will remove your sins from you as far as the east is from the west, so that you may sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the saints of heaven, all the faithful, even of this communion and this congregation, the people we miss for now, but will rejoice to see on that last and great day of our Lord. Surely I could name those who have departed for heaven since I came, yet they themselves would not want me to point to them. They would have us look to Jesus, our Savior, and rejoice in the forgiveness of our sins and turn from our wicked ways to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's for this reason that Paul wrote to the Philippians, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This last sermon of mine, it's the first sermon of your future as a congregation. If it were about me or about our relationship or about our leave-taking or about worries for the future, then I would not be faithful to the message that you called me to preach here in the first place. And yet it is right to say as Paul did, for God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. From the time I came to this very day and to every day until the Lord should return, that time is for the Lord and for those for whom Jesus died. Spend it wisely and more importantly, faithfully. Fill your days and years with the love that God has poured out in his word and sacrament and share that and fear not. God will supply you a pastor. What does the future hold? God only knows, but do not fear. God is bringing all of us believers to the completion of his plan and how glorious 
it will be. And so today, we end as we ought, praising and thanking God, glorifying him forever and ever. May that always be on our hearts, our tongues, and in our thoughts as we wait for his return and the completion of all that he has done for us. In his glorious name, amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto everlasting life. Amen.